Welcome to the Under 8 Podcast, a daily college basketball show brought to you every weekday in under eight minutes. At the time of recording, it is Thursday, January 25th, just after 10 p.m. My name is Josh Mullinex. On today's pod, South Carolina versus LSU takes center stage. More top 25 action on the women's side and a close contested overtime game on the mid-major side of men's basketball. It's all right now on the Under 8 Podcast. Josh Boring is here with me. I don't know how many times, Josh, I thought that one of these two teams, LSU or South Carolina, was going to win this game. I made thumbnails that uh, that communicated both things. Uh, ultimately, South Carolina does what they've done now 18 times and 18 tries this year, find a way to win on the road, 76-70 over number nine LSU in a in a really fun college basketball game. Yeah, obviously, pretty much been waiting all year for this one. You've been waiting for LSU to get their chance at some of these teams, the Iowa's, the South Carolinas. Obviously, you had a Virginia Tech game earlier. Looked for a while, they're like, LSU had this one. Mm -hmm. It was, to call it back and forth would be inaccurate. Because for a while, until South Carolina actually took the lead at the end of the game, they had not led, I believe, except for 2 nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, it was never super, super far out of the picture. Obviously, they're the best second-half team in the country. You knew this was going to get close by the end, and that's exactly what happened. And there were a couple things to me that really ultimately shifted the balance of this game. You can talk about the fourth foul on Angel Reese. You can talk about which maybe you get a little bit unlucky there. It did look like she pulled the the shirt. That one you can have a debate about. What was she doing on the fifth one, though? Hmm. You can't you can't swipe down like that and hack somebody. Even if you get the ball, you're going to get called for that foul nine times out of ten. And very strange final timeout by Kim Mulkey. Just ultimately, at the at the end, in those final minutes, you know, the final five minutes or so, the decisions and the execution was better from, from South Carolina. Bree Hall hits two big threes. She had been quiet all night. That's what she does. She hits two absolutely massive ones that really kind of swing the momentum of the game. You lose Angel Reese. You don't have a timeout with those final possessions because you used it a little while earlier. And mm-hmm. South Carolina, as they do more times than not, finds a way to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. I. It was a... Such a high-level basketball game. All 10 starters reaching double figures. It was just too, you know, and in, in credit to South Carolina, because like you said, I mean, the lead was 11 at one point. Um, and it's just hard to keep going in a, in a game like that when you've kind of been down the entire time. And then to finally get a couple shots to go, like you said, Bree Hall was 4 of 10 from the field. She hit, she hit both of the threes that she took in the fourth quarter exactly when South Carolina needed it. Um, you know, there are there. The, th- the thing about this South Carolina run at this point is for the most part, it's been really, really convincing, you know, just absolutely dominating oppositions. 
but there have been games this year against some of the best teams that they've played that it hasn't been super smooth sailing. It hasn't been super convincing. It hasn't been a cruise to, to a win and credit to credit to the team credit to the coaching. It's they always find a way to win. It's impressive. And another example of, you know, if they, you know, it's defending national champions on their home court and they, they are controlling a lot of the game and, you, you should you probably shouldn't win that one and South Carolina figured out a way to do it. That first half too, LSU executed really, really well. Mm. Won the battle in the paint, took care of the basketball, so you kept South Carolina out of transition. Camilla Cardosa was nowhere to be found. She showed up in the second half. That was part of the comeback. But it had to take adjustments and it had to take a change in the way this game was going, which is obviously something that that Don Staley and South Carolina have gotten really, really good at. That mm-hmm. Sometimes teams hang with them for a while. The challenge is, can you do it for all 40 minutes? Because they just keep coming at you. It's a 29 game home winning streak for LSU. They get snapped. The The final thing for me, from an LSU standpoint, so much hype about this team. You're bringing in all of these new players, retooling this for another run to defend your national title. Okay, you've got the one sort of bizarre loss. And you've got the Colorado loss. Virginia Tech is the only big time game that they've won. With this, this group has not necessarily figured out how to beat the best teams in the country yet. Mm. And that's something I am interested in. If these teams don't play again in the regular season, hypothetically, you get a matchup in the SEC tournament. You brought the firepower in to be able to be different than last season where you kind of came maybe not out of nowhere, but there were question marks. You didn't feel like they were the most talented team in the country. This was supposed to be the most talented team in the country. Yeah. It just hasn't really clicked. I mean, Anissa Morrow was good in this game. Haley Van Lith had a couple really, really big shots and big plays in the second half. Angel Reese was good. It's not like they performed poorly. They just haven't figured out how to make this work yet. And you're, you're running out of time for this team to realize its potential. That is not the same thing as winning a national championship because this was sure. supposed to be more than just a team that found a way to win. This was supposed to be a team that dominated from start to finish, and that's not what's happening. And you you look at their schedule the rest of the way, and a lot of it is against some of the uh, lesser teams in the SEC this year. Um, you know, Mississippi State, Florida, Vanderbilt, Alabama is what they have next. Um you know, that's a Vanderbilt four and two team and a Mississippi State that team that's three and three, but you get Kentucky, Florida, two and four, one and five. The point being is that there's not a an absolutely massive game to circle on the schedule where maybe by the time we get to March, and of course there will be SEC tournament opportunities, but in the regular season, they will enter postseason play most likely without one of those, without another one of those wins that you're talking about. What else happened on the women's uh, on the court on the women's side tonight? Yeah. Top 20, plenty, other stuff. Plenty of top twenty-five teams in action. There weren't that many super noteworthy results. You got decent amount of blowouts here. I did want to mention a couple things though, because this was kind of the you didn't have a big night on the men's side, so we thought it'd be a good opportunity to highlight some of the other women's games. Obviously, the headliner was what we just talked about. 
There was one staggering result, though. That would be Duke 88, number 40, number 23, Florida State 46. Wow, that's hard to say. Mm. This game featured a 21 nothing run and 13 consecutive missed shots by Florida State to start the fourth quarter. It is Duke's largest margin of victory over a top 25 opponent since 2000. That seems I'm, short. I'm a, little, I'm a little surprised it's not ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I had to kind of, yeah. So Duke has done this before, I guess. Uh, a, a very impressive win for the Blue Devils there. So that was a, a very interesting result. And the other one, Syracuse goes into South Bend, takes down Notre Dame, six straight win. So good for them. And then the other thing I wanted to mention real quickly too, Ohio State follows up that win against Iowa by beating Illinois on the road like they're supposed to, like they've done all season, generally speaking, beat the teams you're supposed to. But it's always that question of, okay, you were the, the one of the stories of college basketball over the weekend for beating Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. What do you do to back it up? And Ohio State gets the win. So that were some of the other things that happened with our top 25 teams this evening. Cody McMahon, 17 and 11. She was awesome. And in another one, JC, JC Sheldon. That's just, that's one of the sneaky harder names to say in college. <laughs> Sheldon. This year. JC Sheldon. It's like saying pass rush. When you got this in the sh- in back-to-back words, yeah. it's it's sneaky tough. Um, they had a chance to fumble it too. Did you see what the score in the second quarter of that game was? I did not specifically see. No, Illinois twenty, Ohio State four. So they, then they come out in the second half. They win the third quarter by eight. They win the fourth quarter by eleven, and come back from a deficit that was quick math tells me it was eleven at at the halfway mark. So. Uh, props to them there as well last but not least on the men's side uh, a couple teams that whether it's by tradition like the vermont catamounts they are just traditionally one of those mid-major teams that we have circled on our list pretty much every year when it comes to mid-major teams and then a team this year that a lot of people have been impressed with umass lowell 72-65 in overtime, the Catamounts on the road at the Riverhawks. But Josh, this was a uh, a highly competitive mid-major basketball game. Yeah, really fun game. One of those that, and thankfully we do get a rematch in Vermont on March 2nd. Yeah. But this is, this is for seeding for what unfortunately is probably still going to be a one-bid league. Yeah. And so you've got two really good basketball teams here. And got to get to see them play each other twice, at least, and maybe a third time. But it's also somewhat bittersweet just because one of these teams is probably going to get the opportunity. The other one's not. And these games where they face each other is going to probably be part of that story. Strange kind of ending. I mean, Vermont's up seven with 236 left. Mm -hmm. And the game is over until it's not kind of hit the self-destruct button and then take control again in overtime to to get the win and put themselves in the driver's seat in the conference. Also, weird stat lines here. I mean, Quentin Mincy leads all scorers off of UMass Lowell's bench with 20. Two starters mm-hmm. don't score. You get 32 points off the bench between, you know, led by Mincy. Two players give you 32. It, 
there was some some contributions from a wide variety of characters here. And yeah, a, a very fun game that came down to the final seconds and then went into overtime. And then, well, overtime wasn't so great. But yeah, you think American East, you think Vermont. And I'm glad we got the opportunity to highlight this game because you don't get to talk about America East very, very often. But it's a good conference. Catamounts, like you said, up, two th- up seven with a bucket from Aaron Delaney at 236. Then there's a UMass Lowell turnover at 215. Then there's a missed free throw. I'm guessing the front end of a one and one. Right? I mean, that's the only. Unless it was a... So they actually are still up by seven until the 135 mark. And then after that, it goes Vermont timeout, Vermont turnover, a couple of free throws from UMass Lowell, a foul, a missed three-pointer, another foul. Um, a missed layup is so they they fumbled it, but they and, took and control three, back. And that three pointer was unnecessary. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else from this evening you want to get to? Not really. We do have a programming announcement. Indeed. Indeed. We are going. We're going to be three times a week, starting Sunday. So Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, same rhythm, same idea. Three biggest yep. stories, just going over basically two day stretches as opposed to every single night. That's all I've got. Indeed. 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 Some fun hoops this weekend. Kansas is at Iowa State. That always goes poorly for Kansas. Um, North Carolina on the road at Florida State, who is now six and two in ACC play. You got a top 20 matchup between Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Only in the Big 12 is the 20th ranked team in the country, four and one in conference play, and the 11th ranked team in the country is three and three in Big 12. Right. I mean, that's a that's a huge game. Again, we talk about yeah. this all the time. Can you win that road game if you're Texas Tech? All of a sudden, you win that one, you're almost by default a title contender. I know we're still pretty early, and of course, things could go haywire quickly, but yeah, at some point, you're going to win enough home games that if you win some road games and you beat some of the better teams in the conference and then take care of the, the road games you should probably win, you you just have enough wins racked up that <laughs> you're in the conversation at least. Definitely. Definitely. Should be a good weekend of hoops. We'll be back on Sunday to talk about whatever there is to talk about when Sunday comes around. Uh, thank you very much for being here. That is it for the Under 8 Podcast Thursday, January 25th. It's now 1019 p.m. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. Follow the Under, the under 8 Pod on Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube. Approaching 50 subscribers. That's a W. We appreciate that uh, on the march towards uh, 100 and beyond. So if you haven't yet, please hit the subscribe button. We very much appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you tomorrow.